Welcome to The Wall Behind and Beyond. I am your host, Chris, here with my good friend, Philip, bringing you this brand new podcast. And who better than to talk about this brand new podcast than Philip himself? Philip, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. I'm excited for what, uh, what we have planned. So um, talk about this podcast. Talk about what, what you want to do with it. Man, we got to get this kicked off. You know, the reason for the podcast, man, is uh, we're trying to pivot off of the panel discussions that we, we was having because we were having so many people that was interested. So with that, we had an effort to promote awareness and the call to action. So I thought that it would be good to pivot from the uh, panel discussion. So that's where the idea came from and everybody was on board. So we decided let's do it. Yeah, and 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 what is uh what what what's the goal here? Like when we talk about you know what we're doing, what are what are we trying to to achieve? We're trying to promote awareness and, and calls to action. So uh, the reason why we uh, had the panel discussion is because we were talking about the school to prison pipeline, um, and we had a we have a college student on the team. So she was talking about how there's people out there who they have no idea what's going on. Uh, in, the, in the incarceration system, uh, criminal justice system, uh, mass incarceration, or or even why anybody deserves a second chance for that matter. So we wanted to bring some uh, some insight to it from this perspective, and hopefully change some minds, man, and open up some hearts. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's something we really, really sorely need. Um, uh, just the way people see the prison system and the way they that people see the incarcerated um, does doesn't match up with the actual reality of of what it's what it's like, and that's that's part of why we're doing this, it's, and and that's that's the awareness we're trying to raise. And this is something that's that's personal to you, as uh, you you yourself are are incarcerated. Um, and you know, let's let's start with you. Absolutely. How, 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 you know, how did you? Go ahead. Go ahead. My name is Philip Allen Jones, first of all. I've been locked up since I was 19. Um, I'm going on my 31 years of incarceration. Um, I was locked up in August of 1990, driving down the street, uh, and I've never been home since. I was charged with attempted first-degree murder, attempted second-degree murder, conspiracy, and handgun. And um, I was convicted in a court. And it gave me a life plus twenty year sentence. And, and and that's you know not to to, to to belittle homicide, but that was a a, a non homicide shooting, and it's one you didn't have anything to to do with. Like so, how did how did how did this how did you find yourself entangled um, in this story, and and where, how you found yourself where you are? I'm from the um, neighborhood in Baltimore City where the wire was filmed. Um, when a crime happens around there, there's a few names that's going to come up on the list depending on what you're doing out in the community. Um, my name was brought up because um, I guess the day before that, there was an incident with the guy's cousin. Um, so the next night, he was in the neighborhood. He just shot this guy. And uh, a month later, I think, I'm driving down the street and my car was surrounded because they had got word saying that it was me. Um, there was no gun found. Um, there was no evidence to tie me to the crime. I don't know the guy. He doesn't know me. There was no ballistics, um, no DNA. Um, all it was was the, uh, the testimony of a single eyewitness uh, who has since passed away. 
But uh, we didn't find out until after the trial that she has an extensive criminal history, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, impeachable offenses that we could have used to, uh, you know, basically discredit her. But we didn't have any information, so I ended up getting found guilty of it. Which is is just in a ridiculous, ridiculous uh, abdication of of justice. Um, I you mentioned ballistics, and your case is kind of interesting because of of the person that was doing the ballistics work. Uh, can you can you talk about that? Oh yeah, um, there was this guy um, that worked for the police department. He's supposed to be a ballistics specialist. His name was Joseph Capera. Uh, he testified on cases for over, I think, 20-something years. Uh, come to find out, the guy had no credentials. He was forging the names of his co-workers and friends on documents, making up junk science. And once he was exposed, he committed suicide. And so a lot of the people who trials he set on, some of them are already out in the streets, uh, back in society. Um, but he uh, he was one, a part of the reason why I believe that um, I was convicted, because he helped the state turn their conspiracy theory because he tried to say it was two guns used, but there wasn't no evidence of there was that it was more than one gun used in the crime. So uh, because of what he said to the jury, he helped them make the case, and so therefore they was able to convict me of the highest uh, charge that they put on the table for me, which was uh, conspiracy and attempted first-degree murder. So this guy really, he really uh, did me a disservice and really made it so that uh, it was almost impossible for me to get a not guilty verdict. Well, in... It's not just a disservice to you. Um, I mean, he took your entire life away. You, you're still incarcerated. Um, at the time, um, you know, you were you were you were helping take care of your brothers. You know, it, it took you away from being their older brother, and and all that. Did did you did you want to touch on? Um, you know, like what was life like for you at home when you when you got picked up? What did they take from you? Absolutely. Uh, I was 19 years old, and uh, I come from a poverty-stricken community with uh, two drug addict parents. So for me, I was the adult. I was the um, the dad to my two younger brothers. You know, I took care of them. Um, and when I was arrested for this and never came home, uh, one of them was 16 and one of them was 13. So they were lost. And, uh, you know, I, I don't correlate it so uh I can't really make that, that determination, but both of my brothers have been murdered since I was in prison. And I always say that if I was home, if this had never happened, you know, I was looking out for my brothers all the time, so maybe that wouldn't have happened. So that's something that I, that I, I say was also uh, collateral damage of my incarceration. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, it is just... Obs- <sighs> The fact that that was able to happen is is just is mind blowing, and um, it's it's unfair uh, on so many different levels. And you know that stuff you can't get back, right? You're, you you there there's time that's taken away from you, and you know w- since you've gone in, what is what is your experience? What is what's it been? Well, when I first came in at 19 years old, I was still the same adolescent that left the streets, you know, my mind wasn't what it is today, so I came in, and my whole thought process wasn't about getting out. My thought process was to run wild in prison and to be um, 
the most aggressive individual I could be to make sure that I was good in here, um, which was just a which was just a uh, idiotic mindset at the time about me being such a young kid. In my in my age, probably was I probably wasn't even mature as my age even said. So you know I wasn't I was uh, what do you call it impulsive. Um, yeah. I was running with gangs, you know, just doing all kinds of things in prison, selling drugs. You know, I was I wasn't where I am today, and it took me a while to figure it out that you know this is not the life I wanted to live. So I had to make some changes. And and you you mentioned you're you're a completely different person, and I can attest to that because you know I I consider you a very good friend of mine. Um, and you know, I, I I haven't heard you really talk about a lot of that stuff. I'm hearing some of that for the first time, um, and I can tell you, it just you see, you're so much of a, a different person. How do you how did you develop? Like, how did you grow as a person in one of the most, you know, it's one of the most repressive places on earth. You know, prison isn't a place to grow. It's it's you know. Well, prison. you know, I heard a guy. The other day on a podcast, I didn't hear somebody told me about it. He said he was able to do it because he turned his prison into his um, college campus. And so um, for me, like after I got dissatisfied with the way that I was living in prison, going back and forth to lock up in the hole and supermax and, you know, being involved in violent action. Um, and I was 24 years old and I went to the supermax for five years. So. I stopped, I stopped asking myself, why are you living this way? They took away your freedom for something that you shouldn't even be in prison for. Why are you living this way? You're not going to go home. Your people need you. Your family needs you. So I was like, uh, you know, it's time for a change. So I started taking programs. Um, I started educating myself, reading a lot of books, um, just learning and developing and maturing and, and gaining values for myself. And then I started seeing young guys coming in just like I was who was misguided. You know, I didn't want to keep seeing that, you know, that school to prison pipeline thing. I wanted to do something to break that uh, that uh, cycle. So I started mentoring and, uh, you know, today, you know, that's how I got where I'm at. You know, it took a while through trial and error, but I finally figured it out. And uh, I haven't been in trouble in over 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, I, you, can, you can definitely, from you, the way you tell the story to where you are now, um, it, you can definitely tell that you, you've def, you've you've matured um, in just immensely, and you know that can that that brings us up to now, and that that brings us up to I guess the like coalition that we've built over the last like almost a year, right? It started with you and Erica, right? So like, how did for those of you who don't know, Erica is the like coordinator extraordinaire. She's just fucking awesome uh, you you she's the best everybody should have an erica go ahead philip erica is a communications director of the team and everything else combined you know what i mean you can't even you can't give her a title really because she does it all um me and her we came together in this partnership and last year uh matter of fact yesterday uh june uh, june the 7th of 2020 and uh you know, she was very positive, man. She thought that, you know, what are you doing in there? We got to know each other, man. She said she was uh, someone that wanted to help and assist the cause. And as a nurse, you know, she has that, that instinct, man, to help, man. And so she uh, she was right away. She was like, what can we do? So um, I started 
first of all, I thought I started um, trying to figure out how we could get our presence out there through social media, how we could bring attention to the case, and how we could bring other people on. And it was through her gifts and her abilities that she was writing emails constantly, sending them out there to the world, putting us on Twitter, um, letting them know, you know, what my case was about and how could we, could anybody help us? And next thing you know, before long, you know, we had people coming from everywhere, man, who was interested and was like, how can I help? So we formulated the team. And uh, that's that's how we got where we are today. Yeah, and um, you, you, you know, you and I, we came to uh, name to to know each other. I mean, it's almost been a year since you and I've been uh, chit chatting. Chit chatting. Ugh, I am like really fucking up my speech here. And uh, yeah, edit. I'm definitely not editing that out. Um, anyway, um, it's too funny to, to to not have it in. Anyway, um, the uh, we got we got to joke around some at sometimes. This is we're we're talking very heavy stuff here, and you know, me and you, we get along. We tell jokes. We tell we talk history. We talk all sorts of stuff. I'm um, I'm a charter member of the Radical Hope Foundation. You know, that's how me and Philip came across each other's paths. Like. To, to not have any really other way of of putting it like philip was you know my first we he him and i uh he was the first person that i ever talked that i ever talked to there's our lady yeah just so y'all know um yeah he will call back in a second we will we'll give him that time i'll speak on i want to speak on that more when i call back you know um Chris, you know, from Radical Hope, when you came in, you know, you and Kelly and everything, man, that just was the first nucleus on the team, man. Yeah, we, we went from there. And, and, like, it's it's not even like, you know, I came in as this... this you have 30 seconds remaining. She likes to remind us. Um, shit. We uh, when we came in, like it's 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 not even like I it, I gotta help Philip, man. Like he's I have to help my friend Philip. It's not like somebody that you know I'm just trying to help because I do this foundation. Like he's impressed upon me like so many things, and it's gonna hang up on me when I say the most emotional and best part of that. But that's how it goes. We're gonna get Philip back in just a minute. You can find Philip at www.grantparoletophilip.com. You can find him on Twitter at, at philipajones71. Instagram, philip underscore alvin underscore jones. And then Facebook at uh, philip alvin jones. Welcome back. We've got Philip back with us, so we'll, we can we're gonna pick up, and this is gonna be a thing that we have to deal with. Like you, will, because of the way the prison system is, it's you know he has to he only has a limited amount of time that he has to call back, and he has to pay for each call. So you know, as fucked up as the system is, they like micromanage how fucked up the system is, um, and so that'll be a thing. And you know we're gonna keep that in there because it impresses upon everyone just how shitty the system is. So let's go back to it, Philip. You and I, we 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 come together in August. Kelly and Erica, uh, Kira, Kira's there. There's really four of us, and then we really expanded. You know, everybody's really coming, and we kind of do shit together, and we've really bonded and created this family atmosphere. Like I talk to you guys like every day. Yeah, it's much bigger than. This the team. This is definitely family. Everybody is on board to help each other, you know what I mean? And whatever it is that we're going through, 
Um, and that was the beauty of it uh, because, you know, initially you're looking for, you know, someone who can you can reach out to, who can, you know, possibly assist you in your crusade of your freedom. But in the process, you meet people and you get to know them, man, and uh, you really see that, you know, these people are people that really care or you care, and then you become family, and it's... Uh, so we're all connected and locked in now. It's deeper than that. We're going to do big things, man, beyond this. But, yeah, so I, I, I'm I, very grateful. Uh, yeah, we have um, Chris, Kelly, Kira, um, and we've added people throughout the months. But that's been like the core, you know. Um, um, now I think we have Grace, um, Dr. K. Yep. Um, and we have a lot of we have a lot of um, other people that's a part of the team too. That's like you know extended yep. uh, team members. Yep. But for the most part, this is the steady uh, group. And uh, man, we've been rocking and rolling. And everybody has a job. And like, shout out to Christopher Salvo. He organizes the fuck out of everything. He's great. Um, him, him, he, him, dude, they, they, everybody has their thing and everybody's doing a really good job and that's what's making this work, but not everybody has a team like that. And that's kind of part of why we're doing what we're doing. Um, right. We're Philip and, and by extension myself are trying to raise awareness about what is happening in our prison system. Um, Philip, let's, let's take a second, like talk about a couple of our upcoming episodes. Like we got some really cool stuff coming up and I'm, I'm really, really excited about it myself personally. Man, I'm pumped up too, man. We got, I think, um, the first show, this right here was like our intro, but the first show we really want to do with guests involved is the School to Prison Pipeline. And that's something, man, that's dear to my heart because we're part of the, um, School to Prison Pipeline because, um, in 1990, well, really, the 80s, the policies that was put in place, and then in 1990, the enforcement of those policies is what led me here, you know, to the juvenile system and then into the adult system. But that show, that show is number one, and it's a very important one because we're trying to save kids from going down the same path that um, a lot of us had to go, myself especially. And then we got a show that we want to do on mental health, you know, trauma-based uh, mental health, um, whether it's before you went into prison, while you're in prison, and even after you've been in prison. And even to talk about trauma of people who aren't in prison, how somehow, some way that could lead to prison. So we wanna we wanna talk about that because that's a very important subject that basically um, the majority of Americans um, suffer and deal with on a daily basis. So, and then we have a show that we wanna do on relationships. Um, how, is, how you can stay in contact with your loved ones, how you can stay in contact with your kids, um, even though you have all of these things that's like barriers for you, the cost of phone calls, uh, the, e the email machine breaking down, or you don't have the ability to write letters. So how do you maintain that? And what, what does it take? So we got some guests who put together programs in prison about relationships that we're gonna have on, and I'm gonna be hosting um, some of these. Um, but, but for the most part, we want an inside perspective. We're trying to talk about issues that affect affect the, the community, but also have a heavy impact on the inside world, too, of the incarcerated individuals. I, I'm 
I can't tell you how stoked I am for for the for the lineup of stuff that we have, the guests that we have lined up. Um, the school to prison pipeline is important to me. It's why part of why I got involved. I am. This is fun fact. Not my day job. I am a uh, I'm a teacher. Um, I work with uh, young people, and um, the young people inspired me. You know. To, to do more and give back and that's part of again how I, I ended up with uh with Philip and you know that's that's it that's that's our show um thank you to all of you who listened thank you to everybody who's going to hopefully keep tuning in it's only going to get better and we're we're really going to do some good um you know if if we treat each other with humanity if we treat each other with love we can break down these walls 